No, that's okay. Good morning. My name's Butch Phillips. I'm from over in Enid. Um, I taught Josh Bell everything he knows. I hope Josh is watching this. Um, all the good stuff that Josh knows. Now, all the bad stuff you're going to learn next week from Pat Sutherland because he's the one who taught him all that. So. Now, Josh was a youth minister over at Central Christian Church in his much younger days. And in my much younger days, he helped raise a couple of my boys. And we were so fortunate to have him, and I know you're so fortunate to have him. I'm honored to be able to fill your pulpit this morning, and I know I won't hold the candle to what Josh can do for you. Today's scripture is from Matthew chapter 20. It's verses 1 through 16. And it's a story most of you know, you've heard it before. So let me share this with you. Matthew 20, verses 1 through 16. For the kingdom is of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire men to work in his vineyard. He agreed to pay them a denarius for the day and sent them into his vineyard. About the third hour he went out and saw others standing in the marketplace doing nothing. He told them, you also go and work in my vineyard and I'll pay you is right. So they went. He went out again about the sixth hour and the ninth hour and did the same thing. About the eleventh hour he went out and found still others standing around. He asked them, why have you been standing here all day, all day long, doing nothing? Because no one has hired us, they answered. He said to them, you also go and work in my vineyard. When evening came, the owner of the vineyard said to his foreman, Call the workers and pay them their wages, beginning with the last ones hired, going on to the first. The workers who were hired about the eleventh hour came, and each received a denarius. So when those came who were hired first, they expected to receive more. But each one of them also received a denarius. When they received it, began to grumble. They grumbled against the landowner. These men who were hired last worked only one hour, they said, and you have made them equal to us who have borne the burden of the work and the heat of the day. But he answered one of them, friend, I'm not being unfair to you. Did you agree to work for a denarius? Take your pay and go. I want to give the man who was hired last the same as I gave you. Don't I have the right to do what I want with my own money? Or are you envious because I am generous? So, last will be first, and the first will be last. Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. I hope you don't mind me being down here. Is that okay? And everybody can hear.
break. Spraying weeds or discing or all that stuff. I think a harvest. 
And maybe that's because that's the big hoorah, right? But this landowner needed some help. He had uh, this vineyard that needed some sort of work done. He goes to the village early in the day. Now, I put in perspective this is probably 6 o'clock in the morning since they talk about different hours through the day. So about 6 o'clock, he goes to the town square or the market or the employment service or the day labor camp to find laborers to work in the vineyard. When he finds these laborers, what's his agreement? It says he agrees or contracts or covenants with them to pay them a denarius, what we know as a day's wages, to assist with the harvest. Now, the denarius is a small coin, most often silver or some precious metal. Sometimes they were gold. They're about the size of a dime. These are denarius, and if you get a chance to look at them, you need to look at them. They're double stamped. They're just quite cool. Uh, when I found them, I was working security at a uh, coin show there in Enid, and I couldn't believe I'm looking at denarius, or denarii, or whatever, you know, more than one. And I just had to have them. Of course, my wife says, what are you going to do with those? I just have to have them. So anyway, that's, it's about the size of a dime. It's understood to be a day's wages. Now somewhere I saw that sometimes a day's wages was your weight in precious metal. So that means some of us would, would earn a little bit more for a day's wages than others. You don't stand a chance. You'll starve, you'll starve to death. Anyway. So, the value of, of the denarius wasn't really of concern to this story, but it was understood it's a full day's wages. And it's the most documented coin during Jesus' time. So that's part of why I had to have, have both of those. One of them is from 71 through 65 B.C. You can hold a coin in your that's over 2,000 years old. The other one is 260 to 269 AD. So not quite 2,000 years old, but I just thought they were just pretty cool. Anyway, so they agree to a day's wages, and then they, scripture says, they go off into the field. Then at the third hour, I'm gonna say nine o'clock-ish, he went out, he saw others standing in the marketplace doing nothing. And what did he do? He said, you go too. Work my vineyard, and I'll pay you whatever is right. Now that sounds pretty fair. This, this must be a landowner or vineyard owner that you can trust, right? You come to work for me all day, and I'll, I'll take care of you. Yeah, you probably don't trust me that Probably not. But it was it was an agreement. So where am I? I got lost. Whatever it's right. It says down here, Trump. How much is it? 
Would it be what's normally socially acceptable, right? I'll take care of you. I mean, if it costs this much a day for you to survive, and I promise you a day's wages, that's what you're going to get, enough to survive. Um, then the vineyard owner went back at about noon, and then about 3 o'clock, and he did the same thing. And you see, that agreement was to pay them, again, whatever is right. A lot of trust going on here. And again, the scripture says they went. And then just toward the end of the day, it says the 11th hour, 5 o'clock, maybe the day ends at 6, he went out and found others still standing in the field, or standing around, and he asked them, what have you been doing? Standing here all day long. And what was their answer? Because no one had hired him. And you know it doesn't say this, but I can imagine him saying something like, don't you know I have worked for anyone who wants it? So he tells them, you also go and work in my vineyard. And it says again, they went. And then when the day was ended, the landowner told his foreman to call in the workers and pay them their wages. But he told them to begin with the last ones hired and then go on to the first. So picture this. Here they are standing in line waiting for their pay. Those hired at 5 o'clock are at the front of the line. Those hired early in the morning are at the end of the line. And they're in that order. Meaning the end of the line, those guys have worked all day long, all day long. When it grumbled, in the heat, all day long. They probably did most of the work all day long. And how were they paid? Those who were hired at 5 o'clock, they got a denarius or a day's wages. And the same went for those who were hired throughout the day. Regardless of the amount of work they performed, what mattered was not the amount of work. What mattered was they went. And don't you know, those hired early in the day, they can't wait. What are they going to get? They've been out there all day long, right? They saw what was happening.
What's fair about that? I mean, really. And the land, landowner told him, it's not that I'm being unfair to you. This was our agreement. For you to work, you would receive a day's wages. Then take your pay and go. Now, I don't know about you, I probably wouldn't have been a very happy camper. That's just not what I want to hear. It's not fair. The landowner goes on to say, this is what I want to do. I want to give the same pay to all of you. Shouldn't I have the right to do what I want or do what I wish with my own money? I mean, that sounds fair. Or are you envious? And will you begrudge me because I'm generous? And then Jesus says, this is how it will be. The last will be first, and the first will be last. i got to tell you that uh, I, I had the opportunity to experience uh, recent times. Uh, my wife decided it was time for us to downsize. Anybody ever downsized? <laughs> and it made sense, you know. We, uh, hey, we're not wealthy. We don't live high in the hall. Uh, we live in a 2,000 square foot old farmhouse and, and on about an acre. And I have a shop out back. And I could work on cars and do woodwork or whatever I wanted to do. And if I didn't have uh, a project back there, I had yard work to do. Of course, there was always the honey to do this. Um, and we knew some, some couples, maybe one of the spouses died, and the surviving spouse goes, what am I going to do with all this stuff? So my wife found us a nice, neat little 1,200, 1200 square foot, when we're in a 2,000 square foot, 1,200 square foot place that the yard is concrete. And if I see anything green growing, I'm going to spray it. So it doesn't grow anymore, right? I mean, we downsize. We give stuff away. We sold some things, but most of it we gave away. I was telling them in the first service, I remember how many buddies would come over to get tools that I'd sell and go, I would go, you still got some room in the bed of that pickup. Why don't you take this too? You know, it's like the guy with the cucumbers bringing them to church, or the okra, and they're going, here he comes again, right? We gave stuff away. And through that process, we sat, each of our children, uh, I have three sons, my wife has three or two daughters, and we sat everybody down individually and said, look, just so you know, here's what's going to happen. We're going to start getting rid of stuff. And it doesn't matter who we give what. It doesn't matter. And we ask them to look at it just as if we were writing a check to the church. They're not going to look and go, well, why are you doing what? Isn't, isn't that a lot of money? I mean, why are you doing it? You want that check every month. They're not going to say anything to you about that. But when you start giving stuff away, it's a different. And everybody in
seemed like they were fine with it. They, everybody understood, yeah, I get it. Well, there was one that started grumbling. Why? Why are you grumbling? We said, okay, look, and, and there's going to be things that I'm going to give you. Yeah, but isn't that going to affect? Well, maybe, but guess what? It's my stuff. And I mean stuff. It's my stuff. I do with it what I want. I see that in this story. What's the covenant that God's given us? We really are God's chosen people, not just because we're sitting here in the sanctuary, but we're, we're His creation. Isn't the agreement that if we accept Christ's voluntary sacrifice, then our sins will be forgiven and we'll receive eternal life when we leave this life. Isn't that it? Shake your heads. This means yes. This means no. Josh told me he doesn't have to do that to you all the time. Make sure you listen. So, does, does God or did God qualify his promise to us according to when in our life that, that decision to accept his promise? Now, listen to this question again. Does God, did God, does God qualify his promise to us according to when in our life we make the decision to accept his promise? No different than the workers of the, of the field. I think it's wonderful that we've got people in our midst. I'm sure, I, I don't know any of you, if you're lucky. Uh, but you've got people in your midst who are spiritual warriors. They have been a pillar of the, the church, spiritual leaders, elders for years and years and years. You know some of those people? You've got prayer warriors. And then you might have some I don't remember her name. Sat right here. Was 92 years old. She was one, I think she's probably one of those people. And she said she didn't what is 73. 73 when she accepted Christ. That's a big deal. I think that's wonderful. I was raised in a southern, southern Baptist church. I mean, southern, Louisiana, southern Baptist church. Um, they herded us all up in Bible school, right? We all got baptized together, right? Uh, I don't know. I don't know what I want to say about that. That might have been sincere, but friends telling me they know the day. Now there's, there's like 150 
one's their own country, for lack of a better term. And so each one either has a king or a queen, and they can tell you the day Christianity came to their island. They know the day. And this one friend was sharing this with me. He says, yeah, well, I, we know the dates of both times. Well, the first time, the king was a warring king. And so the missionaries showed up, and he made sure the missionaries were killed. That was the first time. Second time, the missionaries showed up, they had a queen who was not a warring queen. They know that day. So they had Christianity come to their island. I know the day. I know my day. You know your day. Some from an early age, some from a later age. God does not uh, fulfill his promises to us according to our accomplishments. Does that make sense? Doesn't matter whether you worked in the field all day long or you only worked in the field the last hour. somebody who made a deathbed confession. And in law enforcement we call it, well, sometimes we call it a dying declaration, depends on what they're talking about. But, um, deathbed confession. <coughs> and I've heard, you have heard people go, yeah, how, how good does that go? I mean, Rich, I mean, does that what should we be doing when somebody accepts Christ? Woo! Yeah! You ever been to a baptism where when they dump them up out of the water, everybody, yeah! That's the way it ought to be. In this case, they're looking and going, well, that's not fair. It's not fair by the standards of today's world and today's culture. It's not fair that someone could live a lecherous life, and if Josh was here, I'd have him sitting right up front as an example of lecherous life. <laughs> I know where he came from, right? <laughs> He'd sit there with half, half a bottle of wine, belch, scratch himself in places he shouldn't be scratching in public. He'd be my sermon illustration. Okay. But so somebody, not like Josh, but somebody like that, are they are there any are they any less deserving of God's promise than we are? Well I'm telling you, none of us deserve it. We're imperfect and we still don't grasp the idea that we can't do anything to deserve God's grace. God's grace for us, the sacrifice of Jesus, is divine compassion. Period. Um, we don't deserve it, and we are not entitled to it. Not a single one of us is entitled to it. 
It's God's choice that God made to share this promise with all of creation. Jesus shared the same message in, or the same lesson in the parable of the prodigal son. You know that story. The one son said, give me my inheritance, and he took it away and squandered it. Letrous living, maybe. Uh, and he finally decided he had reached bottom and started home and begged his dad. What happened? Dad saw him coming. Celebrated. He started celebrating before he ever, ever got close enough, right? He said, go, go get a, invite everybody, go get a fatted calf, let's have a celebration. And we know, that's another one of those parables you can have like six sermons out of. But we can, we can grasp that part. That's great. Too often we don't remember this, the last part of that story. Remember the brother that went, well, that ain't fair. It's not. He begrudged his father. Because the, he was now going to receive the exact same inheritance as his brother. After his brother wasted it away. Wasted his part away. You know that was going to take what's left and split it between them. The second brother's brother died. What was the promise? You're going to get the inheritance. That's what the promise was. I was recently told the story about an Enid pastor, like Thursday I was told this story, um, that his example of this very same parable, he held up a $50 gift card and he asked one of the young, strapping young fellows, members of the church to come forward, comes up there, he says, what I'll do, if you can do 10 push-ups, I'll give you this gift card. This guy drops to the ground, does his push-ups, gets up and hands him a gift card and has him stand right here. He pulls another gift card out of his pocket and he looks at the, one of the more mature men and he said, why don't you come up here? Brings him up, of course, this guy's gone. Right? Don't ask me to do no push-ups. Gets up there, he says, what's wrong? Well, if you're going to ask me to do push I can't, I can't do push-ups. He says, that's okay, I'm going to give you a card. Pretty good, pretty good example, right? And he asked the other guy, what do you think about that? Well, that's not fair. It's not fair. Guess what the subject of, the, of his uh, example was? It ain't fair. It's okay. We have to learn to be okay with things not being fair, especially when it comes to promises. And guess what? The congregation applauded both of them. They were happy for both of them because of the reward that they got. Just because they showed up. Hmm. And all these workers, they went. They showed up. That's all they had to do. Well, I'm sure they probably had to do some work. Their reward didn't have anything to do with the amount of work they did. They couldn't earn 
So this parable of the workers and the vineyard is not about rewards. It's not about rewards. It's about salvation. It's about God's grace and it's about God's generosity. And since none of us deserves eternal life, none of us deserves eternal life, we should be joyful and rejoice 